0: Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating sushi. And of course, I have to burp during my own intro. Wow. All right, folks, let's try that again. Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude, Sonny D. We want to thank all of you so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast and the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast really means the most to me. Uh, or the world to me, most of me, whatever, uh, it means a ton to me. So thank you all so much for the continued and growing support. Also, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at thedudesunnyd. Um, we are into May. We are into May. It's the first episode of, uh, of the month. Uh, it's a bit of a strange feeling in time. Uh, normally, I'd be gearing up uh, for the summer poker season, but uh, since we know that is going to be shifted or eliminated as a result of COVID-19. It's uh, fun in the sun here in Winnipeg. Uh, We've reached the teens, Uh, it's 12 degrees Celsius today, uh, which for Winnipeg is uh, essentially speedo weather. Uh, Not gonna lie there, it's uh, pretty much speedo weather here uh, for us uh, up here in Winnipeg. So just trying to enjoy the most of this uh, springish time of year, Uh, getting a lot of yard work done, uh, stuff around the house. I think uh, when I look at my neighbors, everybody seems to be doing the same thing. Uh, A lot of just cleaning up and all of that. So it's kind of nice. But it doesn't mean we can't still talk about sports. So here we go. So some casinos are looking to reopen around the world. Uh, I think King's King's Casino will be opening up uh, overseas. Uh, But nonetheless, we've got uh, some interesting things down in Vegas. Uh, the government there, uh, so I guess the Nevada gaming commission as well as the governor has set, um, the fact that it will be, uh, four players max per table. There's been a lot of talk about this, um, all over social media as to whether this is good for the game, uh, is or isn't good. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I have my thoughts on it. I, I personally, I mean, in terms of tournament, I'm, I'm. Maybe I might get uh, a hard time for this, but I'm not opposed to a whole bunch of 4-Max tournaments. Sorry, I'm just not. But I don't know how it's going to work. I've heard some rumblings that maybe the Venetian is looking to put together a 4-Max tournament series. So that could be interesting. Uh, Maybe it's something they look to start maybe in June or July. Uh, The interesting thing, though, will be the travel bans, of course. We can't forget that that uh, there are still travel bans in place. There's no going anywhere right now. So everything is still up in the air. Uh, we're, we're still stuck here. They're still stuck there. So we will see how this shapes up in the coming weeks. And of course, uh, stay tuned here on the Sims Legit podcast for us to cover that. But uh, it's just, it's an interesting time now in poker. You're seeing a lot more uh, things being postponed uh canceled the big one was the world series of poker uh, a couple of weeks ago officially announcing their postponement and, i mean it was it was a nick and i had talked about this here on the seems legit podcast where it was one of those things where it was just a matter of time before they officially pulled the plug on it uh i also went into it a little bit about kind of the logistics of postponing and or canceling something like the world series of poker Uh, and the advantages that some of the other tournament series might have over the World Series and how the World Series might bounce back from this, what they might put in place. They're looking to have something put together for the fall. So I think maybe uh, with the convention area, they've had to kind of look at when they have the convention space available. Uh, Let's forget there's also the dealer. So we don't know yet how that's going to look uh, for the 2020 World Series of poker, as well as anything. Uh, but as things are starting to open now, and I'm not saying it's it, it's a good or bad thing, uh, but uh, we are looking in a situation here where, yes, uh, poker could happen this year. It might look different. <coughs> Pardon me. Might I'm having just a day. I uh, cracked even a bunch of the eggs. Uh, this morning I was making scrambled eggs. And I had a hard time uh, even getting the eggs cracked into the bowl properly. So uh, just having a day a bit uh, today. But uh, back to that, back to poker talk. Yes, uh, we could have a situation where things are kind of up in the air, you know, kind of semi-normal. Maybe the most we see moving forward is six to eight players at a table. I'm not opposed to that. I do love some good shorthanded poker play. Uh, other players disagree. Other players have their points of view. Uh, And that's fine. They're entitled to that. I'm not going to sit here and shit on them for that. Uh, But uh, I think no matter what, we will see something different moving forward for the remainder of 2020. The other thing, too, that Vegas does have an advantage of, as opposed to a lot of other places, is the heat. There apparently is a heat component to this fight of the uh, COVID-19 virus. So the fact that it is located in a super hot part of the desert there uh, also gives it a distinct advantage in terms of getting people down there and being able to be somewhat safe about this. Uh, Again, we're still in the early stages of the rollback out from this COVID-19. It's, (coughs) pardon me, been a long month and a half. I get that for a lot of people some people it's been two months some people it's been a month whatever it's been it's been a long time um being stuck at home not having any degree of what was your normal life going into covid19 and kind of understanding that hey what you consider a normal life now coming out of covid19 could very well be very different than what it was going into covid19 so these are all things that people are dealing with and as i said we're still in the early stages of rollout here in terms of just what's it gonna look like in terms of getting people out of their homes, back into society um, in a safe manner. Uh, we, I don't wanna get into too much of the COVID-19 stuff in terms of whether they have vaccines and all of this. Um, let's just talk about what we came here to talk about today. But yes, there's there's a lot of things that go going to play, especially as a poker player and a poker player that travels to play. It's so if you're a tournament player or whatever it might be, we still can't travel to the United States. Like, we still can't travel anywhere. And even if we could travel tomorrow, that travel experience tomorrow is drastically different than what it was a month and a half ago. You know, I knew people that were still traveling into... So I, my last trip that I took, uh, Jess and I had gone down to Mexico at the end of February. I still had friends that were traveling at the beginning of March, middle of March. Um, I think even at the end of March, there was still people that were having holidays. Um, my buddy Mitch over at Mitch Calvert Fitness, he was down uh, taking a little uh, family holiday at that time as well. And, you know, that experience coming out of this... I imagine will be drastically different. All of us are going to have a very different travel experience coming out of this than we did going in. So that's something to keep in mind too. Uh, We don't even know how the airlines are going to operate. There's been talk of eliminating the middle seats. So it's two per thing. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if, I mean, airlines will need business. Right, So there comes a point when they can't just gouge people because people are just going to say, hey, fuck it then. I'm not traveling. At the same time, people aren't going to be shoved into airplanes like sardines like we'd gotten accustomed to either. Uh, It's funny because when you see those memes of early days of commercial flying and people are comfortable and they're having meals and they're tucking in their napkins like man, imagine what this is going to be like in 30 years, 40 years and they show the picture of what it's like today and you're squished into your seat, your seat doesn't recline, you know, it smells, it's, it's just a breeding ground for germs. And I think it's one of those things too, like going into this, you always have that fear of, you know, that, that coughing person on your plane, you know, that sneezy nose drippy kind of person on the plane, you know, you hear the coughs behind you. You're like, Oh, thank God. At least it's behind me. Imagine what people's state of mind is going to be like coming out of COVID-19 and getting onto a plane. You know, that's going to be something very interesting in itself to watch. So there's a lot of things that are gonna change. I imagine those first days of flight and commercial flying is going to be an absolute fucking nightmare for everybody involved. For the people working in the airports, for the people on the planes, for just every last aspect of it. Imagine what those lines are gonna look like. Imagine trying to clear security nowadays. Like they used to have you rammed in there. Now with the whole social distancing protocols, I don't. I don't even want to imagine it. To be perfectly honest, I don't even want to imagine it. And so, whilst we we still are, you know, in a way, optimistic, and we can talk about things like, oh, what's poker gonna look like? You know, is there gonna be a World Series of Poker? Hold up. We still need to hold up a second and remember that we are still quite a bit away, a ways away from being able to travel by plane comfortably. You know, I I, I am not for one, I'm not signing up to drive down to Vegas. i, I That's just not happening. That's a long drive. Uh, that's a ton of gas. And I mean, yes, we are lucky that gas prices are low right now, but who the fuck's going anywhere? So what does it really matter? Uh, we are still in early phases. Like 2020 is gonna be a year that is going to be talked about. You know, I'm gonna be telling my children about it, my grandchildren about it. Oh, back in the 20s. And imagine that. So when I talk about the 20s, It's gonna be vastly different than what I heard, you know, the 20s being talked about growing up because that was the 1920s. So here we are in 2020. You know, we were people thought we're gonna have hoverboards and flying cars and all of these things. We're gonna be living like the Jetsons. And instead we're being stuck at home because of coronavirus and and COVID-19. Let's put that into perspective a little bit, shall we? So as sophisticated and advanced, and don't get me wrong, you know, for a lot of people being psycho ain't the worst thing, for some it is horrible and everybody's living circumstances are different and for those of you out there that are blessed to have a lot of modern luxuries, you know, yet we have the smart TVs nowadays, we have the, you know, the streaming video services. So yeah, there are probably people out there that can't cancel their cable subscriptions, they're like, fuck it, that's an expense I can do without you still have so many options in terms of things to watch on TV and movies without having to physically go and change a DVD or a VHS. Like I could imagine when I was a little kid, this happening. Holy shit, those VHS tapes would have gotten uh, worn down, completely worn out. So it's just it's amazing to think that we've cu- you know we've come so far, yet we're still being pushed right back into the cave at the same time. So. Again, something to think about, something to keep in the back of our minds that whilst we talk about how poker could look and how the World Series could look, and I've I've done that and I've talked about that in in a previous episode here, actually just a couple of episodes when I did the one talking about um, the WSOP uh, postponing. Yeah, you know, it's so early to know how a 2020 anything is going to look. And depending on the success of a four max style tournament, five max, six max being the thing at a place like whether it be Venetian, whoever chooses to do it, that could dictate a possible model moving forward. The other side of travel becomes, though, do you want to travel if it's going to be uncomfortable and stressful? There's a difference between traveling and vacationing. You don't vacation to be stressed out. That shit, that's shit. That, that's just not fucking acceptable. You're not going to do that. Nobody chooses to be like, hey, you know what? Let me go on a fucking stressful vacation. That seems like a good a- idea. No, 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 no. You don't want to do that. You don't want that. And you don't want to be around people that do that. That is that is that kind of negative shit you need to avoid and get rid of. Uh, so <clears throat> there's a lot, a lot of moving pieces when it comes uh, to how... Uh, We could possibly uh, phase out a uh, return to some degree or some semblance of normality uh, with regards to uh, the COVID-19 traveling and playing poker. Uh, We are lucky in a sense as poker players that the poker world is kind of still growing and is growing considerably and that there are more options out there, especially for us Canadians. There are more options. WSOP Circuit was going to have a stop in Calgary. Uh, I don't know if they've had one in the past. So as far as I know, this was the first one there. Uh, You know, maybe it's something eventually we can convince them to have something in Regina, maybe even Winnipeg one day. Uh, I don't know if we... uh, well, now that Reg- uh, Regent Casino, I guess, has convention space, maybe we could convince them to do a stop there. But again, accommodations become a thing. But regardless, uh, there are uh, options. So once it's kind of become safer to travel and go out, yeah, there are some options. You know, there is still Playground Poker in Montreal. Beautiful place, beautiful facility, beautiful room. Uh, I love Playground Poker. I've got nothing against it, but again, another option. Uh, but we don't know what that's going to look like. They have I haven't seen any announcements as to their reopening, uh, how that would look. And I think in the grand scheme of this, we need to take this um, with a certain grain of salt. And that in the big picture, <clears throat> and to someone, you know, how important... I have to be careful how I phrase this. In the grand scheme of it, I would rather everybody be able to return to work, to society safely, than trying to rush something. And I would rather poker terms, even if it's still four max, I don't care if it's four max, five max, six max, full nine, 10 players, whatever the hell it's going to be. I would much rather it return. And return safely and comfortably than trying to throw it together just to get me back at the table. That's 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 kind of what I wanted to say there. Is even if it's 4-max for the foreseeable future, that's fine. But I've seen these pictures go up on social media with the sneeze guards between every player. And feeling like you're at a fucking prison visitation. I don't know that I'm signing up for that anytime soon. I'm more comfortable doing other stuff than going and sitting at that to play poker. Um, And maybe it's just where I'm at in my poker career. I've played so much poker in my life uh, that to me, I don't need to rush back just to play. You know, I'm lucky enough that I've gotten in my, you know, the hands, the hours, all of that, that to rush back just to sit in that environment is not appealing to me uh it is not something i'm overly eager to sign up to do and i am a little shocked too still when it comes to poker that some golden opportunities here have been passed up last night i saw a little more poker coverage on tv however what was it 11 12 o'clock at night like why is poker not on right now why is there not more poker coverage why are they not trying to strike a deal and i don't know the business behind this but golden opportunity here to get poker on tv get that exposure, get that coverage and help boom and grow the poker economy, grow the poker community. It's no different than like, than mixed martial arts in the UFC. They knew they needed mainstream exposure. They needed television. They needed prime time network television exposure. They needed to establish a fan base and they, and look at how far in such a relatively short period of time, the UFC has come. Like, I remember the difference between UFC 100 versus UFC 200. You know, UFC 200, they're having a T-Mobile arena, their stack card. They're having fights all that week. They're having fight cards all week. UFC 100, yeah, it was a big spectacle. And yes, they had name brand fighters. It was a stacked card as well. Headlined by Brock Lesnar. Uh, but... The growth of the sport and the growth of the company was exponential between those events. Exponential between that. So when you think about it from that perspective is poker had a glorious opportunity here to try and get that exposure, try and um, get eyes on the sport. And it only is good for a sport to grow. You know, and then maybe, yeah, you do see some series where it is smaller structures. Yeah, it's four max. Yeah, it's five max. Yeah, it's six max. You might have the regular ones that are eight and 10 max, whatever it might be. But just to gain that exposure to help that so that when it comes back, yeah, again, you have a second boom. You have another boom, another growth. I don't know. Maybe it's the players and maybe some somebody in the community said, hey, maybe we don't want more players. I don't know. But I can't imagine how getting eyes on something isn't good for business. If you're trying to grow your business, you need the exposure. So it's a boggle, it boggles my mind that the opportunity has been missed and dropped that badly as it has been. Uh, with that being said, I am really enjoying um going back and watching the content and uh, the library of content available on Poker Go. Uh, and this is not a sponsored plug for Poker Go, this is just it, it <clears throat> from what I gather and from what I know um in terms of if you wanted that archived footage maybe next to like looking it all up on youtube and stuff poker go really does provide a nice platform and probably the platform for mainstream looking up and, and finding poker uh content so i give them a lot of credit there that they've done a great job i think it's carrie cates that runs it or owns it i'm not sure what exactly his involvement i know he's high up with there and i think he might have created it and started it so good job carrie uh for that and providing us with that because I've, I've enjoyed it I, I Chromecast it, I, straight, I I put it onto the TV, and I, and I sit there and I watch it. I watched the entire final day uh, a couple weeks ago of um, this past year's so the 2019 main event, uh, where it was down to three players, Alex Livingston, Dario San Martino, and Hossein Ensan uh, battling it out for the thing. And I watched it all in its entirety. Now, it took me a few days to do it, but it was nice to have that. you know And I've gone back and watched other things. I've, just, I've really enjoyed... The fact that they have this for me there, it's nice. Um, Of course, there's some interface, you know, preferences that I would rather see. But again, good service. uh, And it's kind of essentially like the Netflix of poker. Uh, So again, uh, there is uh, ways for you to go out and seek it. But again, poker is not being pushed towards people. You know, it, it, unless you have a vested interest, you're in the community, you you might not even know about poker going. You might not have an interest in something like poker So You have to build an interest to get people to go and subscribe to something like that. Uh, so again, I think there was an opportunity, a glorious one, but we'll see. Uh, I I've talked about you know maybe having some kind of video um, Skype style, you know, heads up, maybe formats, whatever it might be online thing. That could be something that somebody puts together and does could be interesting. Maybe that's an opportunity there for GG poker, poker stars, whoever it might be to do it. Um, again, I have not checked out GG poker, but they have, um, they seem to be the ones that are pairing up online or partnering up online with the WSOP in terms of offering, um, their uh, global circuit um, and ring events uh, again. And now the interesting thing is, don't it's not like your typical kind of online buy-in tournament. If you're if you that you might be used to through something like a Party Poker or Poker Stars or an 888 Poker, you're seeing the buy-ins that are typical to a WSOP style events. So these are our bigger buy-ins, especially by online standards. So that is something to keep in mind as well. But GG Poker seems is their partner there. Uh, Gigi's brought in, uh, a number of name brand players. Uh, they have Daniel Negreanu. They have, uh, a Bert, uh, Bertrand Elke, uh, Gropelier. Uh, I, I, I could have sworn I saw, it. oh, I think, um, Fedor Holtz has, uh, signed on with them as well. Uh, so we'll see, maybe they bring on more and more. I know Phil Galphon has run it once. Uh, so we'll see what players they are able to bring across. And again, in a way, this could be good for the uh, community as well. As you start to see maybe a battle for, um, you know, for those teams, right? As each of these sites kind of builds their repertoire of quote-unquote pros. And that's some, that's maybe a subject for another podcast or something. But uh, these quote-unquote, and I'm doing the actual air quotes here, um, pros as a battle of who gets the, you know, the pro they want. And... This could be good in a sense for poker players because maybe now with more players, you know, more players in the game and by players, I mean the sites, it allows it to be a bit of a player's market in terms of deciding the deals they get. I don't know that we're necessarily there yet for all of the pros, but again, it creates that opportunity. It opens up that window where, um, you know, maybe players can negotiate some better deals or more favorable deals, whatever it might be. But again, uh, maybe bringing some more endorsement money back or staking endorsements, whatever it might be that the sites want to offer the players, it gives them more opportunity. Um, I know with uh, quite a few players haven't been dropped by various sites, whatever it might be, yet. you know, now maybe there's a rush to bring some back in. We'll see. The other side about poker too is that I mean, some people get sick of playing poker. So that, that that can be it too. So that even though they were dropped, they weren't really playing much anyway and their incentive wasn't there anyway. So again, those are things to consider. But nonetheless, um, there are online options. But again, the, the growth of that could take place. I enjoy, and I do think personally for the integrity of the game, there should be an aspect of seeing the players. I think too, in terms of engaging Um, a crowd or an audience, I would like to see the players. I'd like to see their reactions. I'd like to see them reacting to each other. And I think that's an aspect that is missing from online poker. And I've said this for years, that it's a very different, it's a very different game playing online versus playing in person. And if you can kind of find a way to hybridize that a little bit, I, I, I believe that to be good for the game as well. And I think that's kind of where As we look at getting out of this COVID-19 and still kind of, you know, doing this balancing act of what's happening, where are we at? Those are the things that need to be looked at a little bit too. Not just, oh, are we going to have four max when we get back with sneeze guards everywhere? um, But how do we expand uh, in a global sense? So we'll see. Uh, Nonetheless, interesting times uh, for poker uh, and for the world. Uh, I think it's a bit of a relief for some that there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel now, now that we're starting to see, you know, some restrictions ease up. With that being said, I am not advocating, you know, for a complete free-for-all. I am not at all. I'm I At the best of times, I am still an advocate for social distancing. I cannot stress that enough. I, I still believe, even once this is over and this is in the rearview mirror, it's just common sense like I, I don't understand i and i i have a hard time when i see people finding, oh my god the social distancing is working of course it fucking works like how is this a surprise to anybody that social distancing works these are the kind of things that just boggle my mind that we 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 act whether there are people out there that are, oh my god it really is working of course it fucking works If you either are sick or not sick, but you stay away from others, you're not spreading germs. If you're wearing a mask, if you're washing your hands, if you're just being a hygienic, clean person, yes, it fucking works at stopping the spread of viruses and germs. That's how that fucking works. This should be common sense. So I think in a way, it has been an eye opener and a bit... It, it, it has been a, a, a much needed wake-up call as a society as to how to be clean and behave and interact you know we don't need to be crammed up on each other like sardines how many times are you at the grocery store before this and people are right up on your ass you turn to grab something and you bump and you're having to apologize maybe it should be the other way around with they're apologizing to you for being right up on your ass you know, I always stand a little bit, I always like to give people privacy and it's funny because when I'm with people, I always kind of say, hey, just let them have a little bit of space. And then people looked at me like I was the weirdo. You know, or people try to cut, oh, there was a gap, so I went in there. Um, No, it's called a privacy buffer. And I was just trying to give that person a little bit of fucking courtesy. So no, you don't cut in front of me in line. You go to the back of the line like, because you knew damn well what you were doing. So... In a way, I think this has been a much needed wake up call that, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We do not need to fill every square inch with people. That is not a way to live. That is how the contagion gets spread. You know, people touching on each other, breathing on each other, sneezing and coughing on each other. Like that's just not a cool way to live. Like I, as I've said before on the podcast, I will say it again. The one thing that, or one of the things that this should have done and it's done for me, and I think we can all learn some lessons here, is how to truly maximize and be efficient with your time and certain essential services. Things like grocery shopping. There are certain things now I will not go back to the grocery store to buy. I mean, provided of course the, the pickup fees are re- like, I, I hope pickup fees don't like come back pickup. That's a great way to keep that business line going. But it, let's assume that they still waive pickup fees if it's over like 50 bucks or something like that. Fine, okay, fine. So I have to make sure I get at least 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, whatever it is worth of stuff from the grocery store for me to be able to pick it up and not have to go in. But I could hypothetically be right now recording this podcast Putting my order together at Superstore, killing two birds with one stone, arranging to go pick it up, pick it up and be back home. That's something that coming out of this, I'm still going to do. Yes, there are certain foods, of course, I will go and pick out. right? Whether it be meats or vegetables or whatever. Yeah, there are certain things that I prefer to go and do myself. Uh, and I do think there is some degree that like, they, there's a lot of work that doesn't need to be done on, on drastically improving the pickup thing. Like, I, as I said before, on the podcast, I, I went and picked up, uh, i had ordered uh, honey dill sauce, and it was already rancid in the jar, the jars unopened. And they gave me rancid honey dill sauce. To, it's not a big thing until you have to explain to a five-year-old, "Hey, we're out of honeydill sauce because Superstore couldn't send us home rotten thing. I paid and bought, and they sent home rotten shit, right? Like that's unacceptable. Like that's 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 completely unacceptable. That's a fact that happened. I I, I still have it. I should take a picture of it." Um, and I will take a picture. I might not post the picture, but just to show, like to always have that, that that's a true story that actually fucking happened. Those are things that need to be improved, but that's a small thing. Just don't give people rancid, nasty shit, but in the grand scheme of it, and in the, um, in the grand scheme of all of this, yes, that's a service that I will continue to use for my, for instance, non-perishables beer. I might never have to pick up beer again. I'll go to the liquor store still, but for wine and hard liquor or whatever. But I I mean, I could hypothetically and, and probably for the foreseeable future plan on not having to go out and buy beer. I will happily, as long as the delivery is free because I live closer to the brewery, or if I can do free curbside pickup, I will do that. I've drank enough beer in my life. I think we all know that. Um, And we can trust that I do have a certain acumen when it comes to distinguishing my beers that I know what I like. I know which beers I like. Yes, I might want to try new ones, you know, so that's a different thing. But for regular beer and ordering, you know, ongoing beers. Yes, I am happy to have that delivered. I am happy to go and pick that up. Why? It's not because I'm a spoiled brat. It's not because I'm being an asshole. It's because I'm trying to maximize my time. We always talk about how, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. These are some tools to give us back time. These are some of those fucking tools that we have desperately whined and complained about not having. Well, now we fucking have them. Now we fucking have time. So, again, it's... um, it it's it just these are kind of some of the things that kind of boggle my mind a little bit. With that, you know, I am in no rush to go into a shopping mall, none whatsoever. Um, I, I know what shopping malls look like. I know what stores look like. I know what it is like to try on clothes. I know what it is like to buy clothes. Um, I don't know that I have a need to go out and do that. I have enough clothes. Most people, if, you know, are lucky enough to have enough clothes. And I'm not saying this, uh, you know, trying to shit on people who don't have enough. That's not what I'm, I'm saying at all. Don't I, I never want that message to be taken away from this podcast. It's never an opportunity. This podcast is never an opportunity to shit on those that have less and that are less fortunate. Um, because it can happen to anybody. You know, any person could be one decision away from having their life crumble around them. And I think that's that's a very important thing to remember and take away from um, this. And that's why I always stress the importance of staying sharp, being responsible and all of that. But regardless, for me personally, um, yes, I have enough clothes. I don't need to go out to a shopping mall. You know, might I go just to walk around? And Yes, but I don't, I'm not going to rush to do that. I have no need to rush to do that. And, and to be perfectly honest, I don't really think many people have a need to rush out to the mall you know oh my god the malls are open yay let's all go really like shit was you know i get it for the outing aspect to just get out of the house but in terms of this need for things but again that's why you go out and walk we've now entered spring here people in the northern hemisphere It is now spring, summer is right around the corner. Down in Las Vegas, they are already having heat warnings. My buddy Token Tony was telling me it was 30 degrees. It's supposed to be 34 and 38 degrees over the next couple of days. Go outside, get some fresh air. You know, go and visit your neighbor, go and visit your friend, keep your distance, whatever it is. But again, there's an aspect to understand about quarantining. If you've been in quarantine and haven't been exposed to anything, and they've been in quarantine and haven't been exposed to anything. Your risk to each other when it comes to this specific aspect of things is zero. That's how that fucking works. That's why you quarantine. Oh my God. If you, oh no, look at how close they are. When people were getting on, I think it was Kylie Jenner had um, her best friend Stasi over and be like, oh my God, sh- Kylie's breaking quarantine. Is she though? Is the act of going and getting Stasi or having Stasi come over to her place. Is that breaking quarantine? If Stasi has been observing quarantine and has not gone out in public and has done everything, kept clean, and has completely eliminated her exposure, and Kylie Jenner has done the same, they pose each other zero fucking risk. They can go to each other's homes. That's how that works. So... The reason why, I guess, you know, so that's why you quarantine. That's why you try to have a circle, an extended circle around you that is also observing quarantine and minimizing, and well, not minimizing, but trying to eliminate any exposure so that you can have a semi-normal existence. It's when you're not minimizing exposures and risks. That's when you run into a fucking problem, people. That's when issues arise. But regardless, I got myself worked up there. I'm going to have a sip of my, what, what did I pick as my beverage of choice today? I have a Bud Light. I, hadn't, I still had some of these left going into quarantine. A Bud Light Radler, uh, which isn't a bad, refreshing summertime drink. 2.4% uh, alcohol. Um, as they say here, it's an extra light beer with fruit juice. So, okay then. Um, got me through the podcast. Going to have a little sip now. When I first sampled this at the liquor store, the lady uh, who I sampled it from actually said to me, she says, we like to refer to this as a breakfast drink alternative. That expression has just been one of the greatest things to come into my life. I cannot get enough of that expression, and I always like to use that now. uh, When I, you know, whatever I have when I sample something, I'm like, "Ooh, this would be an excellent breakfast drink alternative." I I love that uh, description for liquor. Um, Not that I'm promoting alcoholism or any of that. Always drink responsibly, people. Uh, I'm not sitting here um, drunk or anything. It's a 2.4% beer. This is my first beer. I had just gotten off of working out, so no, 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 no. Um, But uh, I just loved that expression, the uh, breakfast drink alternative. Anyway, um, yes. So we, we started talking about poker. We've, di- we've, we've digressed, but let's get back to it and wrap this up here today um, because I know you guys all want to continue getting on with your day. So, yes, I think we have uh, some bigger issues here to worry about um, in terms of just what to do. And yes, just what to do about poker. I think we are still trying to get back to some degree of normality. And it would... Uh, I think it's been a nice break from poker. I think for a lot of people, I think the, that time to reset, that time to take a step back has been good. Um, but anyway, I've... But yes, poker will be back. Um, how that looks, I don't know. We... I, anything anybody says, I think right now is purely speculation. Uh, what we do know is that, uh, we're in that early stages of things reopening, how that reopening will look, um, and whether that's for everybody, you can make the decision for yourself that, Hey, if that's what phase one looks like, I just don't want to go. Like, I just don't want to be a part of that. You have the right to say that. So Yes, there are precautions being put in place and yes, it might not be desirable for you, but you have the right to say, Hey, fine. I will just wait. So keep that in mind as well. No need to get stressed out about things. No need to get stressed out about the fact that, Oh, it might only be for max poker. If that's not for you, then just wait. Like just wait, just calm your ass and wait, take up a hobby, take up a craft, whatever the hell it is, but you have that option to wait. Um, Anyway, I do thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the seems legit podcast. And I want to thank you all again for the continued and growing support here on the seems legit podcast. Uh, It Really again, it means the world to me. And hopefully again, I can give you some perspective and brighten up your day uh, as we all try to get through this COVID-19 pandemic together. And you know, we're all in this together. Regardless of what our beliefs are, you know, regarding how it was handled, how we're reopening, all of that, we're all going through this together. And uh, I do thank you for tuning into this episode. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude, Sunny D. I thank you so much. Take care. Uh, Have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, night, whenever you are listening to this episode. I thank you so much. Take care and bye-bye for now.